welcome to the Hell Yes Life Podcast, the show that helps you come alive so you can live a Hell Yes Life. I'm your host, Norman Bell. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast. I am your host, Norman Bell, and welcome back after a hiatus. I'm uh, excited to have as my first guest in a while, uh, Chase Beringer. Chase is the founder of the Bucket List Lifestyle. He is a world record holder, author, entrepreneur, and adventurer with the scars and passport stamps to prove it. After six years of completing his bucket list one item at a time, he now helps other people travel the world, crossing off their most epic items. Chase, welcome to the Hell Yes Life podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Honestly, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. I love the podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. Are you ready to tell us about your Hell Yes Life, Chase? Uh, let me think about it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so we're going to get into everything that you're up to, Chase, and you can t- tell us all about the bucket-, bucket List lifestyle, but I always like to start off by asking our guests, what is your hell yes? Uh, and by that, I mean, what is that thing that really lights you up and makes you come alive? What's your passion? Yeah, so it's interesting because the last six years, I- I've had a really consistent hell yes, which is the feeling of awe, the feeling of of seeing or experiencing something that is beyond your perception of what reality could possibly be. It's that much better. Uh, However, it's shifted in the last year, year and a half to now actually experiencing awe through others. Mm. And which is a really, really unique thing to shift. Uh, And and I, I realized that from now that I'm taking people on the adventures that I went on myself, Mm. now I get, you know, that same feeling that I got from seeing the Taj Mahal from someone else seeing the Taj Mahal for the first time, you know? Wow. Wow. So yeah, you, you, you experienced that yourself. Now you're sharing that experience with others and getting to see their, uh, them experiencing it for the first time. Really. Yeah. There's something around fulfillment, uh, for me around that. Cause it's like, yeah. when you do it for yourself, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's needed, incredible. And uh, yeah. When you're able to give that as a gift to someone else, there is just even more fulfillment. Awesome. I've heard, I've interviewed other people who have talked about the ripple effect as being like one of their favorite, you know, one of the things that really lights them up of like, you know, that they do something and then that has a ripple effect to someone else. And then three, three or four degrees out uh, yeah. that they, they wouldn't have even guessed or, or um, you know, people that they haven't even met. And it sounds somewhat similar to what you're saying there is like, you know, watching uh, other, other people's uh, joy in experiencing these things. So tell me a little bit about um, the bucket list lifestyle. Well, uh, we started out as just a travel blog. Honestly, like I, I was just wanting to get rid of that stupid little excuse that everybody has, which is I don't have the money to travel. Yeah. I was a caregiver uh, on a caregiver's budget crossing off bucket list items like running with the bulls in Spain, flying airplanes, you know, like going to Thailand, ziplining in Costa Rica on what, you know, most people would consider just really, really little money. And so uh, I, I was getting tricky. I was travel hacking and I wanted to share that with the world. So that's how it all started was I was getting mad at everyone saying they didn't have the money or they didn't have the time to travel. So I wrote, uh, I started a blog basically saying, Hey, that is BS. Here's exactly step-by-step how I've done it. Flying to Spain for $5, for example, or having, uh, you can fly to Hawaii for $11 and 20 cents. And it's like, come on people, free hotels, basically free flights. So I was, uh, I was just so excited. And that transitioned from uh, vlog and blog where I had a decent following to, to so many people asking me to travel with them and to meet them in these places. Where I was like, you know what? Like I could literally just do that. I could just have people travel with me, go on these epic adventures that I already, I'm already good at. I love this stuff and I could get paid doing it. So I was like, well, I guess we're a tour company now. It was literally, it was that simple of just like a, it makes sense. And so I just wrote on my Facebook, Hey, who wants to go run with the bulls in Spain with me? And I just had a bunch of people said yes. And that was my very first trip. I took a group to run with the bulls and one of the greatest trips, if not the greatest trip of my life. And we had so much fun. And that moment 
was such a shifting moment of like, it's possible. I can do this. I'm not just a ba- another broke backpacker or maybe just another travel blogger. Like this, yeah. this is a real business here. Yeah. Yeah. That is so exciting. Um, and thanks for sort of uh, giving us that overview. Um, I always like to go back and unpack some of those moments a little bit mm. uh, because a lot of a lot of our listeners are, are people like you and me they're they're wanting to get their own message out there maybe they're entrepreneurs purpose-driven entrepreneurs um, but and maybe some of them are you know on the fence you know they they know that there's something that they want to do but they're still you know have their responsibilities working their day job and so forth so let's go back to right before all this started. So you said you were a caregiver, you were in Oregon, is that right? Yeah, uh, so I'm actually from a town of 300 people in Oregon. Like, I'm not just from Oregon, like I'm from a tiny, tiny little town in the woods. And, uh, and so there's a mill there that my father works at, my mom used to work at, you know, like everybody in my family going back was either a logger or worked at the mill. So it's just, that's what I expected my life to be of, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to drive forklift 18 bucks an hour. Uh, Having that mentality of this is the world, this is reality, Crow, Oregon. And so I married my high school sweetheart at 19 years old and subsequently divorced at 22. And uh, it was really crushing for me and my entire reality uh, because it was, she cheated on me with one of my best friends. And so my, my entire world basically just came to a halt, not even came to a halt. It was just, you know, destroyed and ripped away, which Mm. at the time, all you see is what you had built being destroyed. You don't see that it creates space for something new. Mm -hmm. And so in that depression, in that I I was very suicidal. Uh, I was in such a bad spot where it was either I'm, I'm out of here. I'm either just going to end it or I'm just going to do the craziest shit that I can think of because I might as well, like these are all extra innings. So I wrote my bucket list. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that list out of possibility. What would be possible if there was no rules, if there was nothing? Because I'm already going to die. So I might as well just like, what's the point and not just going crazy, right? So I wrote the bucket list. Uh, and I never really thought that I would do any of it. Like it was just an idea, a concept of what life could be. Uh, but the funny thing is, is that's all you really need when you're in a suicidal place is you just need possibility. You just need the possibility and the hope and the little tiny light at the end of the tunnel that it could get better. And that's what it was for me. And, mm-hmm. and eventually I was sitting at work as a caregiver and I was reading over my list uh, as the person I was taking care of was asleep. And I was just like, do a cartwheel was on there. And oh. it's such a simple thing for most people. For me, I had always told myself I could never do it. Everyone else could do it, but not me. And I was about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. So mm-hmm. I have YouTube fat guy doing a cartwheel. <laughs> and, uh, and I slow motioned it and I rewound it over and over again, watching him do a cartwheel on YouTube. And eventually I was like, all right, I think I can do this. So I went outside and it took me about a half hour and I sprained my wrist and I sprained my groin, but eventually I did a freaking cartwheel and it <laughs> changed my perspective of what is possible because it's something so stupid. But, but for me, it was so powerful because I always told myself I never could. And yeah. that shifted everything. That little tiny moment of doing a cartwheel showed me that I could actually do something that I never thought was possible before. That is so awesome. I love that you started with something as small as do a cartwheel, right? Because I'll bet there's some other really big things on the list yeah. that might have seemed really unachievable, but you went for, for that one. Um, so hell yes, lifer is something to think about when you're thinking about, oh, that's, how could I do that? That's impossible. You know, what's, what's, some, what, what's some little step that you could take towards um, uh, your, your big dreams, right? I'm so, so I'm, I'm such a fan of that because so yeah. often we say, oh, here's the mountain that I have to climb. When sometimes it's like, take the rock, throw it on the ground, step over the rock and say, yes, I did it. <laughs> I did it. I could do it. Yeah, yeah. I interviewed um, Kathy O'Dowd. She was the first woman to climb Mount Everest from the, the north and south sides. And even she said, how, you know, I said, how did you do it? She said, one step at a time. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's really like focusing on that. What's that right was my very last, my last trip for the Bucket List Lifestyle was to Everest Base Camp. And uh, it was while everybody yeah. was summiting and it was, it was very, very intense, but it's such an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk more about the, um, that's actually one of the reasons I'm talking to you. I saw your video on, on Facebook and uh, mm-hmm. Nepal is a dream uh, uh, destination for me. So, mm. um, so let me, t- let me ask a little bit about uh, your, the re- some more items that were on that, that initial bucket list. 
Oh yeah. So then what? What you did the cartwheel? Then what? I went 180 degrees from a cartwheel, and I did the craziest item on my entire bucket list, which is to run with the bulls in Spain. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I, I I thought that in my mind was this is insane. This is crazy. And I might die doing it. And, and I genuinely like really did not feel like living anymore. And dying by bull was a lot cooler <laughs> than in my bathtub, you know, in Oregon. Right. And so I, I went to Spain. I flew to Spain. I, I sold things and I put a little bit of money on a credit card, figuring I'd never have to pay it off anyways. Mm. And literally what, it was one month from when I found out about my ex to when I ran with the bulls in Spain. Like oh, that's wow. how fast it happened. Because I was just like, F it. F it. I don't care at all. Like, it doesn't matter. Nothing. This is all BS. Uh, and which is, you know, when you don't give a damn, it's uh, magical things happen. So yeah. uh, during that experience, I did. I got a horn through my arm uh, and I felt alive. I felt life flowing through my body and adrenaline. And I, I genuinely thought that I was going to die during that experience. And that feeling of, of life of, of source energy just flowing through your body that woke me up to huh. that woke me up to life I, I was I was just in such a negative space and I was so numb that yeah. that was what I needed to shift it and I used that that feeling I chased and I tried to escape all of my problems and all of my pain and every moment that I could I traveled I worked for three months traveled for 10 days worked for three months traveled for 10 days every moment that I could I sold everything I owned I I saved up every dollar I could and I chased that feeling to escape all of my pain. And eventually I, I discovered personal development uh, and life coaching. And that shifted so much for me in a men's circle, a beautiful men's circle that really, really allowed me to be vulnerable and to not, not escape my pain anymore, but use travel to, to chase after a feeling as mm -hmm. opposed to running away from a bad feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So um, again, just to go back to a moment. So there you are in the running of the bulls. And I, I should say, I, I went to Pamplona and, and kind of watched the running of the bulls, but you, yeah. you took it once, yeah, that one big step further and you were in it. And you got, you got a, a, a horn of a bull? Yeah, 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 straight up my arm, yeah. Oh my gosh, okay. And yeah. so was it at that moment that that's what, that kind of made you come alive or just the, the experience itself? I, I'd I'm, say, I'm actually I'm, picturing your life as a movie now, actually. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I hope maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, that, that was the biggest moment. Like if you have to put it to one, uh, it was that. that. That was the moment that got me hooked uh, forever on, on travel and experience. Because when you feel a high that high, uh, it's something where when you just go back into the drudgery of what my life was. Now I go back and my life is beautiful. My life is fulfilled. My life is full. So that's one experience, a high of adrenaline. And there's other highs of tapping into myself, the adventure within and having those realizations, tapping into, you know, like my meditation or mm -hmm. having a dinner with a woman who teaches me something totally new about myself and about the world and uh, making a new recipe. You know, there, there's so many things uh, that are, that fulfill me in my life that that's just one little area now. However, in that tiny little town, I had done the same thing day after day after day. And when I experienced something so outside of my comfort zone and so incredible that it was that that was what I wanted to live for now is let me just go straight back into that. So I lived crazy. I I jumped off of really tall things and I did a lot of dangerous things. I surfed on top of taxis. I got very drunk and did stupid things. I was the crazy backpacker. And that's why my travel blog took off is because I was telling these stories of the craziest stuff on earth because I didn't, I didn't give a damn about my life. And so I would do really, really wild things and I would tell the truth about it on my blog. And nobody wanted to tell the truth about their experiences in full. Everyone else, all these travel bloggers were just talking about the light version of what they were doing. And I knew a lot of backpackers that were doing a lot more crazy stuff. I mean, I was hanging out with Yakuza in, Japan, in the back alleys of Japan. You know, I was doing these crazy things that when I wrote about doing LSD and Mardi Gras, and I'm just like, <laughs> I know my mom's going to read this. And yeah. it's embarrassing for me. Like, I, I don't want to. But at the same time, I, I want to be fully authentic. And this is what makes me different, is yeah. I don't have a fear of judgment of my readers yeah. or, or anybody else. I kind of feels like you it, going back to that moment where you you basically felt like I'm I'm at the end of my life and everything after this is a bonus anyway. So and then you woke up and then it's sort of like, 
okay, now, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what people think. You kind of like sloughed off all of the, the, uh, the shoulds and woulds or whatever, what are, you know, what do people think? And, and now you're just living for yourself. And I, I, I love it. I love, love your energy around it. Um, tell me, tell me just like a few things that come to mind. It sounds like you've had a lot of different adventures, but you know, give us, give us a little snapshot here and there of some of your, you just mentioned the Yakuza, for example. For um, sure. What else? Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I've done, I've been to all the wonders of the world, uh, which were absolutely incredible. Uh, experiencing cultural festivals is what I love most. So uh, in my experience of travel, it's best to travel around a date of a cultural festival. So for example, if you're going to go to Spain anyways, why not just go to Spain, have that experience of like the normal Spain, and then go to running of the bulls as well, and then go back to your normal Spain. If you're going to mm. go uh, to Thailand, why not have your normal Thailand experience, but also go during a full moon party or the Songkran festival of their New Year's with the oh. giant water fight. So uh, that, that's one thing where I'm lucky enough to have been to every major cultural festival on earth. Um, wow. and, it's a, and that's, that's what I love to travel. And I get to experience uh, a deep sense of culture and I get the day to day because I don't just go for that, I stay for when it's a normal Tuesday and everyone's going to work in Bangkok and it's just the way that it is. Um, so that's, that's my experience is it's a beautiful thing. Uh, and, and I actually set up my business around that now where, for example, we went to Holy Festival in India where we got to experience India, but we also got to experience Holy Festival where they throw all the colored powders and it's, you know, the largest festival on the planet. Um, and we're going to the full moon party in Thailand next. That's our, well, we're going to Peru next, but um, directly after that, probably by the time this one actually goes out, we'll be in Peru uh, experiencing Machu Picchu. And so, yeah, it's either a wonder of the world or an experience around a cultural festival or just something that was really fun that I love doing. Yeah, yeah. What a great hell yes life you're living here, Chase. Um, I just want to get in my little street cred here. I uh, got, we, we didn't really mention before we got on here, but uh, I've lived abroad. I lived in Barcelona. I've done some, you know, pretty good amount of traveling around Europe and went to South America, went, went to Machu Picchu um, and and so on. Anyway, but just to say I'm, I'm, I'm there with you and cool. really itching to get back out there. So, For sure. Uh, Have you been to any uh, cultural festivals before, like Carnival in Rio or maybe like any, oh, I mean, you said Running with the Bulls. Yeah, I went to the Running in the Bulls, uh, Running of the Bulls um, in, in, in Barcelona. There's a lot of great festivals, the Marseille Festival, um, the, uh, there's one in Seville around, um, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of it, but you know, it was around Easter time. Uh, just, yeah, cra crazy, crazy things that you would just, you know, if you didn't leave the United States, you would be like, I, I can't sure. believe that this is actually happening. But yeah. I, I'd love to go to the, is it called the Holy, the Holy Festival in India? Holy Festival in India. It's one of my favorite experiences on the planet. If not like, yeah, it, it's definitely top two or three ex favorite experiences. Cause you get to go to like, uh, you get to go to the Taj and you get to go to Jaipur and different places, but then you also get to experience the world's largest festival. And it's just so wild. And we go to this temple that uh, in Vrindavan where it actually began, where Holy Festival began, uh, which is the, the festival of colors, but it's also uh, their celebration of light over darkness. Uh, and it's a beautiful celebration because that is, it's, uh, you, you know, you get blessings uh, from their holy men and they give you little sweets and stuff and they cover you in flowers and, it's, uh, it's wild and fun. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so what do I wanna ask next? Let's see, uh, so you talk, you, you've already, you know, I, I, I really like your, um, your, your take on this too. It's just like, hey, here's everything about me and everything that I've been through. And you just told us your, your challenges that you uh, went through, you know, before starting this business and that, that led to this. Okay, so then let's, let's talk about maybe some challenges that you've experienced along the way. So you, you said you had that moment where it was kind of like, hey, I'm doing this travel blog, it's going well. And then you shifted into, hey, maybe I can take some friends, but what about, you know, was there any, any time in, in, in the midst there where you were kind of not sure what to do? Oh. Again, thinking of our listeners out there that might have some ideas, but they're still in, in vagueness. Totally, totally. So first of all, when I did my, uh, my thebucketlistlifestyle.com as a blog, I never had any intention of making any money. I was simply pissed off at people for having that excuse. I knew the magic pill that they needed. Uh, and it was like, I'm just putting this out there. And I worked my butt off on it. Uh, I'd say the biggest moment was quitting my job as a caregiver. I worked as a caregiver for six years. And I, I had only known 
you have a job and you work and that's what you do. And I had this realization, this was the biggest realization, I think for all you listeners, this is really, really important to know, is uh, the realization was that I have two options. I can either stay as a caregiver, work as a caregiver, do the bucket list lifestyle on the side, still travel, all those things, and I have my security. Or I can try and go full-time with the bucket list lifestyle and, and probably fail. Realistically, at most entrepreneurs at some point fail, and that means not necessarily totally fail, but shift it into something new. All I knew was there's definitely a possibility that I'm going to fail at this. And I said, okay, what happens then? And I go, well, I guess I'd just go back to being a caregiver mm-hmm. or digging ditches or whatever. And I go, so that's my worst case scenario is I fail and I go back to being a caregiver. So actually my worst case scenario is where I am right now. <laughs> the thing that I'm scared about is actually where I'm standing right now in the situation I am in. Right. And that was so mind blowing to me. And it was, it made it a no brainer. I was like, okay, cool. And and maybe I can't get this exact job again. Maybe I can't get it at the, you know, and I've been working here for six years. So I'm making more money than I would if I just started. It's not about that though. It's, it's knowing that it's worth the chance, knowing that all you can do is fail and come back to where you are. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I think a Tim, Tim Ferriss in one of his Ted talks, I think he talks about interrogating your fears. I think it's somewhat similar to what you're talking about there. Like rather than just, because I think our fears are kind of like, I'm going to end up homeless under a bridge or something. Right. And so it sounds like you interrogated your fears a bit and realized, wait, that's actually not what's going to happen. What's going to happen is I'm just going to end up back in a job like I have right now. So, um, So that's, that's great. Um, what would you say, okay, I'm, just, this is actually, you know, a little bit of a selfish question, but you know, I'm sure there's other people out there in my situation. I, I have a family, um, yeah. I, I have a, a day job and, and I'm, you know, trying to get my business going, you know, responsibilities, et cetera. So I hear those voices. I, I, I don't feel like I, I would love to just like quit my job um, tomorrow and just do my business, but et cetera, et cetera. So what do you, what do you have to say to people in, in our situation? Thank you so much for asking this question because one of my favorite things to tell people when I'm at a speaking gig or at a conference or anything is saying, you don't have to quit everything. You don't have to drop everything in order to live the life of your dreams. Unless the life of your dreams is to quit everything. So, so often we make it an extreme of yeah. if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, I have to just throw away all of my safety and security. I have to take the leap without, you know, making plans when that's not totally true. Uh, I, I would suggest that it's very similar actually to a bucket list where you write it, you plan it, and you live it. Those are the three steps of a bucket list. And it's similar to taking the leap uh, as an entrepreneur is you figure out what you want to do. So you write it, you, you get clear on what you want to do, you plan it. So you say, okay, how much money do I need to save up in order to do that? How many months am I going to give myself to make a profit and come back to at least meeting my expenses? Let's say, for example, you go, well, I need to cover all my expenses eight months after quitting my job. Like I, I saved up eight months and now I have, uh, and that eight month, if I'm not, if I'm not at least breaking even and, and just covering my expenses, then I'm going to get a job again. And that's my thing. So there you have your plan and then the actual leap from it's not just possible, I'm going to take the action. It's not an idea. I'm not wishing on birthday candles. I'm actually going to take that leap. And for me personally, uh, I, I like to have that plan in place where I can mentally, at least, if my fear is coming up and my fear is not helping me make this decision, it's actually a bad thing. I'm going to make my decision a little bit more for my head. And I know that the best thing to do is always align with your heart and your head, right? That's always best. However, there's experiences where you don't want to listen to your head because it's driving you crazy and your heart knows the truth and you know what you need to do. It's like being in a bad relationship where you know you need to, you know you need to end this relationship, but your brain is going, yeah, but, but, but. So you have to turn off the brain and focus on the heart. The same thing around your emotions. When you're having a lot of uncomfortable emotions come up around a decision that you know is smart, that you know if you don't do, you're going to regret. And you say, okay. I'm going to focus on my head right now because my heart is going crazy and and I'll align it in a moment. But while I make this decision, I'm going to know I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to focus on making my plan and doing it mentally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. Uh, You know, it's kind of like, it sounds simple what you're saying there, but have I done that myself even like, okay, I'm going to make a plan and then I'm going to take action. But it's sort of like, 
the, um, the kind of creating some sort of a structure that you're and an intention, right? So it's not yeah. just, I'm going to someday I'm going to um, start a business and quit you're my job. Steps. Yeah. You're it's like steps. you're now you're in a framework of, okay, I'm in this period where I'm doing this, right? Because it'll always be, it'll always be tomorrow. It'll always be yeah. a year from now. Oh, I'll have the money then. And then, oh, I have to pay for my yearly insurance and my car insurance. And this came up and the kid had a, you know, got sick and there's always something else. So it's yeah. like, and you'll never have enough, especially if you don't even know what enough is. If you don't yeah. even yeah. have a number on what you need, it'll never be enough because you're basing that enough on your feeling of yeah. it's not enough. Oh, it, it's, it'll, it'll never be enough. And that's not necessarily true. If you make a plan and you figure out how, what are our monthly expenses? What is your wife bringing in? How, you know, what, what are we going to have for an emergency situation? Yeah, what's my fallback? You can, it's totally fine to make your plan, especially if you have priorities that are above your own ambitions. So that's really important is knowing that if you have children, very likely that is your number one priority in your life above your own ambitions. And yeah. so you put those first. It's not just, oh, throw everything to the wind and you go off on your own and, and everything will work out. No, everything will not work out necessarily. It, it likely statistically will not work out. So you need to, you need to look at it with <laughs> yeah. reality and you got to yeah, make yeah. plans with that in number one. Yeah, I have this, um, this, uh, concept or whatever that I've, I've come across over the years and I've been uh, starting to work with coaching clients too. And it's, it's come up as a, as a, a useful one, which is like clarity versus vagueness. So it's like just being in vagueness, uh, like, Oh, I'm, I want to do that someday, or I'm not sure what kind of business. So it's just like, the goal is to get to, to clarity around that. So clarity around like, what is that thing? What is the plan? What's the time frame? What is the, you know, the financial yeah. situation and, and just, and the clarity I, I just find is, um, is a grounding piece. You know, I just, uh, mm. you know, rather than it coming from this, like, uh, kind of, um, uh, un, yeah, this ungrounded uh, place of like, oh, I hope this is going to work out. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah. yeah, I, I know this is going to, you know, I know this is going to, you know, be the right action for me now. So sure. It makes sense. And, and know your numbers. If you're going to be an entrepreneur, yeah. you got to know your numbers anyways. So know them before you're an entrepreneur. Like yeah. show up as the person that you want to become by yeah. getting your numbers down of this is how much I need. This is how much I'm expected to make knowing that things are likely going to go wrong. I just had this last week. I had a lot of things go wrong, wrong yeah. in my business in the sense of I had money that was expected to come in more money than I've ever made in a single month was supposed to come in this month and it didn't happen, but I didn't freak out. Sure. I felt like shit. I laid in my bed and I ate a lot of spaghetti and I watched Netflix and I allowed myself to feel crappy because I, I had an expectation from a verbal commitment of this is what's going to happen. And when I sent the invoice, they said, sorry, it's not happening. And so I had to, I had to overcome that by saying like, okay, so I thought of all the reasons why this is a great thing, right? All the personal development things, change your state, Tony Robbins, everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I said, you know what? I really just don't feel like changing my state. I feel like feeling like shit for a couple of days, being okay with that. And then knowing that, uh, you know, I'm, I have this shift date. I allow myself to feel like crap for three days. Oh, that's and, then, and then after that third day, if I still don't feel great, then that's when I'll use my personal development tools to shift out of that. But those emotions are coming up for a reason. Not every reason is reasonable in the sense of sometimes you can't get out of that and it's not no longer reasonable to live your life productively. Um, feel it, accept it, love that feeling, understand, be compassionate for yourself and then know when it's time to move on. And for me, it's, it's already passed and I'm, and I felt it. It felt like crap and I'm ready to move on. And today I felt great and I did my full morning routine and it, and I know now that every single thing that happened of course was perfect, but at the same time, like, now I understand that I'm actually going to be making more money than I was supposed to be making from another new opportunity that came in. So it's like, in yeah. the end, everything is perfect, as, as many of us know. Um, but just yeah. doing that in the moment isn't always so easy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like, um, I like that approach, actually, where you allow yourself those feelings, but then you give it a, a little bit of a time limit there. You know, you don't want to be like, three months from now, I was like, I can't believe that still that happened. But, um, but it, I find if I don't allow myself to feel those feelings, uh, at, at least a bit, then it's, it's just like, you know, 
I, I actually believe in, um, you know, a law of attraction and, and secret that, that visioning and stuff that does work for me. But if I'm just trying to say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. No, that, no, I didn't bother me. This was the way it was supposed to be without feeling those feelings first. Um, then it's, yeah, it's inauthentic. You're out of your, you're out of integrity with yourself and with yeah. the world. Yeah, you got to get those feelings out, and then, then you, then you, as you said, then you can realize, oh, you this can't is fake vibration. You can't yeah. fake your vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't go high vibe without going low vibe first. I don't know. Anyway, um, okay. Well, I want to, you know, I want to make sure uh, there's a lot of different directions we could go. Um, you know, Helios Lifers, if you want to go go deep into the travel hacking world and uh, destinations and so forth, you got to check out the the bucket list lifestyle.com uh, but um uh i want want to get a little taste of of uh everything and i want to hear a little bit about your world records mm. um and uh so let's start with that what world what so so yeah let me say this so your bucket list seems like a lot of it was travel but what and you had a cartwheel on there so what were some other things that were on there uh well it was actually never my on my bucket list to break any world records. It just kind of happened. Uh, but I, cause I was, there's many things on the world on the bucket list that I was too scared to put on the, even in my wildest dreams, I would never be able to accomplish. Uh, so for example, I have the world record for the fastest ascent to Everest base camp. Um, the fastest recreational ascent for to Everest base camp, um, which is four days, which is really crazy. Um, and really hard. Uh, it's basically a marathon every day, uphill, up a mountain. Uh, wow. And then I have a lot of silly ones. I have like four really silly world records. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Uh, I, I go to this thing called the World Domination Summit and we always break world records every year. And so uh, one of them was, for example, the, the longest yoga chain. So it was a group of people and we all did for one hour uh, yoga positions for one hour holding it. We beat India by like 300 people in our group uh, and it was super fun. And, uh, the most people like the world's longest high five chain. And we just like, as our group every year, break a world record, uh, which is super fun. So the only one that I've ever done by myself is to, uh, the fastest recreational ascent to Everest base camp. Um, and then all the others were like our fun group, awesome stuff. Uh, and then the bucket list itself had a lot of wild ones like carnival in Rio, um, flying an airplane by myself. That was really exhilarating. Uh, Groupon.com, $59. You can fly an airplane. Yeah. Oh ridiculous. Take off and land. First time. <laughs> just saying it's very dangerous and they let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're, and, you're here to tell the tale. And yeah. you can honestly, uh, anyone listening, you can just simply go to my website and click on my bucket list. Uh, and it uh, shows all uh, 100 items. There's 100 items. I'm 80 items through. Uh, right now, so uh, 19 left, and I'm really, really close to to completing them. And there's there's many on there that weren't actually epic in the sense of like travel even. So I was never planning on showing anyone this list. So it was very personal to me in the sense of I had things on there like get to know my father, like mm -hmm. genuinely, uh, get to know my grandpa, openly talk to them, uh, tell my mother that I love her, and give her flowers not on Mother's Day. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like do actually build a treehouse uh for my children and coach their team and just things that i always wanted to do that i it was just a possibility um but it was always too scary so eventually i did get to know my grandpa we went on a road trip for like eight or nine hours together and talked everything from his past relationships to his fears excitements and my father being able to, now we have a relationship where I feel that, that I'm open to talk about anything. And that was not, had nothing to do with him. It had nothing to do with a shift that he made. It had a shift that I made. It was all about the shift that I made to be fully in integrity with myself at all times and to not fear his judgment because he's not, he's not going to judge me. He's my father and he loves me. And my, my story that I always told myself was that, oh no, he, that's just not our relationship. It, it should mm -hmm. just surface level. It's just not the way that it is. Mm -hmm. As opposed to understanding that it can be anything that I want it to be, but I have to first ta take action. And I can't just assume that things are going to change without anything changing from yeah. my end. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, those are some, yeah. So it's not all about the big adventure. There's, there's a lot of personal things in there as well. Um, which leads me to, a, I think, a question that our, our listeners would benefit from, which is what tips as, as the bucket list lifestyle guy, are, are there, is there any specific tips that you have to, as far as putting together a bucket list? For sure. Uh, yeah. So as I said before, like write it, plan it, live it is the general structure. But uh, there's, there's one really big tip in here, which is uh, when you're writing your bucket list, you're not writing it for this version of you. Mm. You're writing it for what you will become. Like maybe right now you can't do some of those things on the list. Maybe right now you're writing, I want to run a marathon. And you're like, yeah, but I, I can't do that. Yeah, you can't do that right now, but you can become the person who can. Mm -hmm. so, so when you're writing it, don't think of the financial problems that you're having right now, because those very likely will shift, especially if you're working towards living your dream life and a hell yes life. And when you're thinking of these things, don't, don't say that's not reasonable or that's not for me when you actually want to do it. It's like, do you want to do it? Great. Put it on the list. Do you mm -hmm. want to do that? It, it's in the, the beautiful thing is it's yours. You can change it. Don't, don't think, oh, if I put it on the list and I take it off, I'll feel like I didn't accomplish something that I wanted. No, this is a blueprint for your life. This yeah. is simply something to look at. When I wrote my list, I had no idea that I wanted to travel so much. I had mm -hmm. no clue. Mm -hmm. And I wrote down all these things and I was looking and I was like, there's like 18 countries alone just on this bucket list. And I had no idea that I had a desire to travel. And now it was like, wow, I got to get on this. Like I should start. And so when you're writing your list, oftentimes it shows you like what your real truth is. And it can be scary to write down your truth and to own your truth and say, this is what I actually want for my life. I do want to be financially abundant. I do want to take care of my parents and retire them. I do want to have that conversation with my child that I'm so fucking scared to have. I mm -hmm. want to feel this way. On, on my bucket list, it was uh, think to myself that I'm living my dream life. I wrote that on my bucket list with no idea how I was going to accomplish that, no idea what that even meant at all. And I was in Colombia at a festival and I was in, on a mountain looking over everything and I was so happy and I was so full of life. And I, I just knew that, that I was absolutely living my dream life. I was, I was free to do what I wanted when I wanted and wake up with who I wanted around me. Mm -hmm. I was deeply happy and I was debt free. That was also something on my bucket list to be debt free. So I was debt free as well at that time. And it just felt so good because I had spent my entire life in debt and it just felt my entire adult life in debt. And it just felt so good to, to be free from so many things and to be fully in integrity with myself. And so I was living my dream life. I was able to cross that one off probably four years or three and a half, four years after writing it. And I thought that I might never be able to cross that off my list to truly live my dream life. Like every aspect of my life being exactly as I would want in, in a dream scenario. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about um, putting it down. Right. And then, you know, maybe you even are share, I don't know if you initially were sharing it with people right off the bat, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually looking up here at my vision board, which I think is another, another, um, mm -hmm. you know, access point to that, you know, the, like the bucket list. And, uh, and yeah, I, and actually I'm sitting here in a, it's, it's a, a rented house, but we were living in this, this, uh, I'll be very brief here, but we're living in this, this other house that had like carpet in the kitchen, no backyard, no dishwasher. And so I put together this little, um, vision list of what we would want in our next house. Um, you know, Go, you know, tiled floors in the, in the kitchen, you know, dare yep. to dream and a, <laughs> a, a dishwasher and a backyard and an upstairs office. And um, I'm, I'm sitting here in my vision right now because I have, we have all those yeah. things in, in our place. And that's just one small example, but it's like, yeah, if you, if you articulate it and put it out there, it seems yeah. like the universe starts to cooperate with you to a certain manifestation. Extent. And the beautiful yeah. thing around manifestation is, so I have a, I have a belief around manifestation that uh, some people might not have, but I've noticed that it really helps a lot of people who aren't necessarily, they, they feel like they're, they're in a box of, I don't do any woo woo stuff. And I, I don't know, universe manifestation. So I have a better way to explain this for quote unquote, normal everyday Joe. Yeah. So the way manifestation works is you claim something that you truly want or a way of being that you would like to be right. So you're like clear on, I want, let's say I want a business partner that will invest $100,000 in my, my vision. 
uh, and they aren't going to expect anything in return right away and blah, blah, blah. That they're, they have these qualities. They've already been the CEO of three multi-million dollar companies. Boom, 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 right? And uh, you have this vision for what you want. Uh, manifestation works the way that I view it, at least, is you're putting that idea in the back of your head into your unconscious. Yeah. And your unconscious now knows to focus on things that will actually have something to do around that. So for example, yeah. you'll be at a networking conference and all the way in the corner, you'll just realize, I have no idea why. I just feel like I got to go talk to that guy or that girl. I, I don't get it. Or they'll be pulled to you because uh, the way that you're showing up that well, now your subconscious knows, okay, what does someone who is a CEO of a multi-million dollar company look like? What does someone who's financially abundant in that way as an angel investor look like? Okay, well, they would have their shoulders back. And this is all subconscious, but they have their shoulders back. They're dressed in a certain manner. They speak in a certain way. They show up in the way that even from their shoes, your subconscious is picking up on everything. And when you go over to them or they come over to you, you have no idea that on a conscious level, that they are your person that you've been looking for, but just so happens that this is exactly what they do and you've manifested them. Yeah. Uh, and you're going, holy crap, it was the universe. And maybe it was, cause I don't know anything about anything. I'm just a guy trying to figure things out. But for me, it makes perfect sense that our subconscious is actually dictating what we focus on uh, yeah. as well as an energetic vibrational match for when, if you want to go back to the woo-woo a little bit of I'm vibing at a certain level, everyone and everything is vibrating. That's just a fact. Uh, but I'm vibrating at a certain level and someone else is vibrating at a certain level. We're going to be attracted to each other more. Um, but either way you want to look at it. Yeah. 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 I've even gotten like one level up from that. Like, even if you didn't believe in even that level, which sounds perfectly reasonable to me, um, that gosh, it just couldn't hurt to articulate to yourself what you want so therefore when you run across it or start to see things that are similar to it and be like hey that hey that you know versus not yep. knowing what you want you know a really uh, important thing though uh, about this is you need yeah. to become the person who can handle that manifestation yeah oh i want to win the lottery i want to win the lottery oh i won the lottery and now you blow it and you get hooked on drugs oh i want to start a business i want to quit my job i want to do all these things and guess what you manifested it and now you got fired a week early and you're never saved any money and you have no idea how to run a business you need to yeah. become the person who can handle the manifestation if you want an investor to come to you you better have all your numbers ready you better you have better have read every book you need to know you better have talked to accountants talk to lawyers about what does it take? What does it look like to actually bring someone on? What information do you need to know when that person actually comes to you? Become that person. So when it actually realizes and when it actualizes, you'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah. Become the person. Hell yes, lifers. Um, Chase, I think we we'll start to wind down a little bit here. I don't, I don't want to, um, uh, leave this conversation without asking you about your time on the Price is Right. Oh, <laughs> I, gosh. I, yes. I saw a video of you on there and that looked like that was a bucket list item. Is that right? Yes, it absolutely was a bucket list item. It was, oh, thank you, Brad. <laughs> what was that like? Hilarious. So <laughs> I honestly, it's been a dream of mine since I was a kid. I've always wanted to go on the Price is Right. I wrote it on the bucket list thinking that, I don't know, this one's pretty far-fetched. <laughs> I, I decided, I, I just claimed it. I, I just owned it. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get on the prices right. So I flew to Los Angeles and I stayed at a friend's house on their couch uh, all week. I went every single morning at 5 a.m., waited outside in this long line, got interviewed by the same guy, Stan. He's the producer, Stan. Oh, Stan. And every okay. single morning, uh, he, would, he would basically, he'd interview every single person going in for 30, 15 to 30 seconds. That's all you got. He just said, where are you from? What do you do? Basically. And then next person. And you had to just show up with the right energy. Every day I spent 16, 14 to 16 hours uh, watching. They recorded two episodes a day. So I would go to the first one and the second one. Uh, and I got, I never got picked over and over again all week until the very last one. Uh, and I just decided to go crazy. I was like, I've been going wild. I've been going like an eight and a half out of 10, but I've never gone a 10 out of 10. And I was like, let's just like, I, I've tried everything. This is my last chance, my 10th time trying this week. I'm just going to go crazy. And I did. And I was just like, put me on the stage, Stan. Put me up there. Fireworks, fireworks, Stan. Fireworks are going to happen. And I was just like, going, I was jumping up and down and I was just going crazy. And, uh, and I made all, I made friends with all of the backstage people, the, the, the red coats, the people that work backstage. And when I finally got picked, I, I was going crazy, of course. Drew Carey, you know, is like, oh my, he recognized me because every day I was in the front row with my orange <laughs> t-shirt that said, cross it off my bucket list. 
And so he would talk to me in between the uh, tapings and he'd just like make fun of me and we'd bullshit back and forth. And so when I got called, you can even see it on the, um, on the clip. He's like, oh, it's you. Cause he, he was like, oh man, you finally got on. And, uh, and at the commercial break, after they called me up, it was a commercial and all the red coats from behind the stage and Stan all came down and gave me high fives and hugs. <laughs> and Stan said, you know why I picked you? And I said, why? And he goes, persistence. Oh, nice. That's exactly why. And I finally, and I got on and I won a trip, an international trip and a bunch of cool luggage, like $9,000 worth of stuff. And I was oh my one, God. <laughs> one click away on the big wheel from getting the dollar. I, one click away. But it was, it was <laughs> genuinely, if not the funnest, one of the funnest experiences of my entire life. Like oh I God. was so ecstatic after all week. I knew all the prices after the whole week and I just had a blast and I just let loose. It was great. You can even find it on my Facebook or on YouTube. Uh, it's like the little one minute version I've edited yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. That, that is, that is so awesome. That makes, it makes me want to, I, I think, um, it, it, it makes me think like, you know, something like that is like anything that you can, anything that you can think of to do, you can do, but you just have to think of, of doing it. And then, like you said, right? What were your three steps? It's like- uh, it's Write it, plan it, live it. So you have write to- Write it, plan it, live it, yeah. And I made the plan and I made the t-shirt. That said, yeah. cross, an orange t-shirt, cross it off my bucket list. Like you have yeah. to actually plan it. And I, I took the time off and I, I was like, okay, this is happening no matter what, I'm doing this. And I told everyone I was doing it. And it was scary that like, I went on Facebook and I said, yeah. I'm getting on the prices right. And every day I failed over and over to get on the prices right over and over and over. And then eventually the very last time, not only the last time for that day, but the last uh, recording of the entire season was going out. And they oh, said, wow. So this was really it. That last one was actually full and I, and it was sold out. And at the last, I, I was about to go home and I said, you know what? I'll just give uh, the red coats a high five and say, sorry guys, I've tried. And they go, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm going home. It's already sold out for the last one. And they go, no, bro, we saved you a ticket. We got you. Come on in one more try. <laughs> so I was able to get that last chance without them, without being nice and giving high fives and making friends with everyone. If yeah. I was in my own zone, but I made friends with everybody. And I had so much fun in line with people from all over the country. And I just had a blast and people wanted to help me. And I think yeah. that's what's important is if you just have fun and you're nice and you want to help other people and just be fun, other people want to genuinely help, help me. And, and and people have tried to help me cross off my bucket list items too. Uh, people from all around the world. And so it's like, it's a beautiful feeling to know that yeah. uh, people are genuinely excited about helping other people. And if you're nice, it'll be you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what people like you uh, and many other people that I've talked to and hopefully me as well, it, it, you know, it's inspiring to other people to see um, people like yourself who have kind of woken up out of this, um, this storyline that we all get about like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. And this is how we're supposed to live and be very afraid and stick at your job and, you know, mm -hmm. retire at 65. Uh -huh. And so, yeah. So when you go and do the Price is Right, it's like, hey, maybe I'm going to go down and try to get on the Price is Right For or sure. some other show, something like that. So it's just got, got my, my uh, gears so turning here a little bit. Well, um, Chase, it's been great having you on the show. As we start to wind down, I always like to ask, is there any, you've already given us a, a ton of value, as they say, um, but like any last tip or resource or quote that comes to mind, no pressure here, um, for that, just imagine that person that's out there that might be a few steps back from where you are now, you know, maybe they're back, you know, hopefully not as, as, um, you know, down as where you were at, at the beginning there, but uh, you know, they don't know what to do exactly. But what, 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 what might you give them? What might uh, sure. advice? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually repeat something I said earlier. So if anyone had fast forwarded past it uh, to yeah. this, just know that I think one of the most important things that I shared was that you're currently, if you're in the position where you're wanting to actually take a leap in your life, you're in your worst case scenario right now. Mm -hmm. All you can do is you can either stay where you're at or you can go on the path of your dreams. And if you fail at your dreams, you go back to your reality you're living now. Maybe yeah. it's not exactly the same, but don't get too caught up on the every single little tiny detail. It's worth it. Take yeah. that leap because you're just gonna go right back to where you are or something very similar. And it's yeah. absolutely worth it. Yes, you might fail. And if you're gonna stay where you are, you might as well, you're just living your failure. So yeah. you take the leap and do it. 
Right. It's not that you're going to die or explode or something. It's that you're going to, you know, if you really look at it like, oh, I'll just probably end up back here. <laughs> so, yeah. And a little tiny thing around that is please plan it as well. You don't, I, yeah. you know, I was sharing, take that leap. But a big part of this as well was planning before you jump. So I'm not just another guy saying, sell it all, jump out of your current life. I'm yeah. saying be very smart about it. Look at everything you need to look at, plan out your numbers, get everything ready that you need to do and become the person that can handle that life that you're really wanting to live. And then it'll happen, truly will, as long as you're able to actually look at everything and say, I'm ready to freaking take that step because I've done what it takes to actually do it. Love it, Chase. So um, tell us where on the internet we can find you and any anything that's coming up that you might want to mention. Yeah, thank you. So first of all, I know I, I mentioned travel hacking before. Uh, I have a free ebook on my website. It's called thebucketlistlifestyle.com. It's a free ebook. Uh, just go ahead and go to the ebook, click on it, uh, enter your email, and it sends you uh, basically all the basics you need to know about travel hacking. Uh, I have a book coming out September 6th. I don't know when this is going to be launching, but it's probably going to be around there. Yeah. Um, it's called Young Divorce, and it's actually a self-help book for people who are young going through a divorce. It's the only book out there right now for young people going through uh, such a hard time, and I decided to put that out. So September 6th, that is going out. You can find it on Amazon and Kindle. There's also an audio book coming out. So, um, but other than that, if you guys are down for an epic adventure, either find me on Facebook, you can just simply copy and paste my name below this into Facebook. I always love connecting with badass people. Uh, we literally take people on the most epic experiences on earth. So come and join me in Thailand or Hawaii or Brazil for Carnival and uh, let's go on an adventure together. Awesome. I may have to do that myself at some point here, Chase. Sounds yeah. awesome. Um, well, I always like to end the show uh, by saying hell yes together with my guests. Do yeah. you, uh, re are you ready to do that on the count of three? I am. All right. One, two, three. Hell, hell yes. Oh, oh. I, I didn't get the length. I didn't get the length. I, I need to breathe <laughs> deeper. Do you want to do it? Hell yeah. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Chase, and we will catch you next time. All right, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Hell Yes Life podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite RSS feed. If you like the show, please leave a rating and review. And if you want to stay connected, visit hellyeslife.com and sign up for the e-newsletter and private Facebook group. Again, I'm Norman Bell. Thanks for joining me. Now let's get out there and live a hell yes life.